0: For January 15th, 2024, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 811, Stickbird is Goose. Welcome to the Overthinking It podcast, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. This here is Pete Fenzel and Matt Rather, sadly, is uh, sitting in his beach chair with a thousand-yard stare on his face as Mark and I play in the waves today because we're going to be talking about Bluey. It's two Bluey! dads two dads talking about Bluey. I'm going to cut right to the chase and tell you what the podcast is about from the beginning. A little bit of a turn from us, a little something different as, uh, as my two dads get into it to talk through the uh, short-form Australian children's and adults cartoon on Disney+. Plus. And uh, do a little overthinking of something that's very worthy of overthinking. Um, of course, what you heard there is Mark Lee. Hey, Mark, how you doing?
1: Good day, mate. <laughs> awesome. We are not doing the whole episode in an Australian accent. That's it. That's all I got. OK, it's really. Yeah, but that, the less, less of that, the better. You know, I was really shocked
0: in watching Bluey how little enjoyment I got strictly out of the Australian accents. You would think that would be a big part of the joke. I don't know. I got a little bit of enjoyment at the beginning, but there's a lot to watch. There's a lot to pay attention to. And they come across more as Australian people than as Dundees of the crocodile variety or otherwise, right? So (laughs) you don't think that I Come From a Land Down Under is about Bluey. Uh, It's uh, men Chunder. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure one way or the other. But anyway, yes, the background for this, of course, you know, Mark, is that – we had done a show recently about music in children's television. That's right, and we very conspicuously left out Bluey because I had not watched it, and uh, there were others in the podcast who had not watched it, such as Matt. But uh, we have—I've wa- watched it now. I have—I have mainlined. A movie's worth of Bluey, which is a lot of Bluey. Uh, <laughs> it's probably, I watched about 13 episodes of Bluey to prepare for this podcast. There's a lot more than that.
1: Yeah. that exists. And if you haven't seen the show, know that each episode is about six minutes. That's it. Yeah. And like it says like seven and a half minutes on Disney Plus for the runtime. But a solid minute and a half of it is just credits. Like that's it.
0: So like a Space Jam length movie, a pretty short movie. I watched <laughs> um, and yeah, but Mark, you've watched it. You're a big bluey
1: aficionado. Yeah. Yeah, I was very surprised like that you hadn't caught on caught on to this, right? Because like, you know, we're we're you and Pete, you and me. We're basically in the same boat here, right? We're elder millennial dads living in these United States and we have kids at about the same age. Um and we got on the bluey train and you didn't. And we'll talk about that a little more in a second, but just by way of a little bit of background, I'm shepherding our our listeners along, especially those who don't have kids and haven't seen And or haven't seen Bluey? Just so you know, like Bluey really blew up during the pandemic. It spread via word of mouth, but it you know Disney presciently you know captured it for their then very new streaming service Disney Plus. I think it was probably 2021. There was still a lot of indoor time, lockdown uh, lockdown ish, you know, coming out of the championship season and whatnot. Um, And so that was when our family really just started to mainline Bluey. And my my wife was like, Mark, you gotta watch this show. This is not a kids show. This (laughs) is not a kids show. It's well, we we can talk about that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not not a kids show, but it's also um, not a kids show in that particular way. Um, we will we will um, do a lot of dunking on Paw Patrol in <laughs> and, and this discussion. <laughs> just fair warning, right? I mean, those are just they're easy pot shots to take, and we're going to take them. Um, but it's just like it was just very apparent from the from the from the get go that the quality of the storytelling and animation. Um, and theme, thematic uh, elements, and that sort of thing were much better than the typical crap that uh, that our, our kids were, were watching. Or like, not even better, but that was like very, very different for reasons yep. we'll, we'll get into. Anyway, that was 2021-ish or 2020 2021 ish Fast forward a little bit more. Uh, I think 2022 in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, there was a bluey balloon. That was a big deal, right? Because mm-hmm. bluey just kept growing and growing and growing in popularity um and by that point had become a bona fide international pop culture phenomenon right and like it, it, it took a while actually like maybe i was just ahead of the bluey curve but it's like huh i like this bluey seems like a big deal but you don't see all the accompanying accoutrement of it being a big deal on the pop culture and that took some time but it's like okay here comes the merch here comes the macy's holiday uh thanksgiving day parade that was in 2022 it came back in 2023 Okay, here comes the Bluey video game. Yes, by the way, there is a Bluey video game. It wasn't particularly well-reviewed, but like, you know. So you violent. Want to, <laughs> right? Just Duality. Like, and, the, God, the multiplayer is so toxic. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, just, just uh, you get on the voice chat, and these little six-year-olds are really just get, oh, relentless. Like, get good, noob. Um, Your mom but, should contemplate her
0: mortality while making breakfast. <laughs> That's the kind of talk you get <laughs> while you're playing the Bluey video game. A here's, a draw, here's, a,
1: here's a drawing of a horse that like, will make you think about your dead grandma. <laughs> it's an FPE. It's a
0: first-person empathizer. Everybody gets, <laughs> it's a battle royale first-person empathizer to see who can understand the problems that the other people are going through in life and uh, reach out to them and connect with them fastest and oh, most it, it, if um, only
1: if only it were but anyway yeah. the, the 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 video game is kind of milquetoast it's not that great from, from what i understand um oh wait there's a real video game you're not making that up i'm not making it up okay. no it, it is a uh, it is three player co-op is it a racing <laughs> um, game no it's just yeah, like it's a missed see, opportunity the, it could have been
0: little cars it would have been great
1: yeah because yeah, there, <laughs> there, there are episodes with cars in it by oh, yeah. the way and they've been yeah, played a yeah. great effect all right so that brings us to this moment here right oh, this moment specifically is that like um, Disney trots out drip drops these episodes for some reason it's the usual international rights crap right like these episodes come out many months prior in their native Australia in an Australianese, and I guess they must be translated mat- no they're not just like, very little happens okay actually Disney does very light editing by the way <laughs> they cut out like oh, park yeah. jokes and things like that from um, the, the originals um, but for whatever reason it takes a few months for them to come stateside and Friday um, there's a hot drop of ten right. new Bluey episodes, and this was a great, uh, a great excitement. Um, and uh, you know, uh, for, for our family, it's like hooray, more Bluey! And for Pete, it sounded like it was well. The kids haven't liked Bluey before, so I guess I, as a grown adult, am going to watch these by myself. Is that how it yep. went, Pete?
0: That is in fact exactly how it went. I <laughs> tried to play a couple of them for them. They, they, I will say, my daughter loves the song. Uh, she checks out immediately when the song is over, but she loves the, the, the song. song. You mean the, the theme song? Da, da, yeah. da, da, da. yep 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 okay. um but no it just it didn't help my kids i mean they they enjoyed it well enough, but it doesn't it doesn't hold attention like this it shows that my kids will watch with more vigor, although you know, my daughter's super obsessed with Elmo these days uh and and my uh my son is way into rescue bots right now, uh which is sort of like paw patrol, but earlier and better. Uh, and about Transformers, which is, and it's also not Rescue Heroes, which came before. But this is not a Rescue, Rescue Bots podcast. This is a Bluey podcast. And we're going to talk about Bluey. Well, what is, if you don't know what we're talking about, let me, can I explain, Mark, uh, what the premise of this show is? And you can correct me as a Blue aficionado? Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. It.
0: So it's a nuclear family show yep. about four dogs. These are anthropomorphic dogs. The dogs in the show do sometimes wear clothes, but not always. And the, the dogs, uh, are all animated in a very sort of flat and square kind of way. This is a cartoon, and the dogs live in a human-like society which where there's no real problematization of the notion that society is run by dogs. <laughs> so there's no like, oh, you know, we're all eating bones or <laughs> we're making jokes about how we are at war with cats. No, they're just d- dogs that are that are people, that live yeah. in a people society. They, they do eat chocolate, by the way. Oh, they do? Yeah. It's so dangerous. Man, this show is out of control with the risk <laughs> that it's taking. So it, it, it's about this, and it's a it's a middle class, upper middle class family. It's TV middle class in the sense that there's no real evidence that they have a lot of money or even particularly what their jobs are. But every once in a while, they do expensive things. And also, you know, they appear to have lots of space in their home to do stuff. Uh, so it's it's very familiar in that respect, and it's uh, and the notable thing is that the parents and the kids. So there's two parents, uh, Bandit, and what's the mom's name? Chili. Chili. Okay, because they don't say her name as much as Bandit's name, at least um, I, as a, for at least in the episodes that I watched to prepare for this. But they call them Dad and Mum in the credits. So we're already getting into how Bluey is a very amply overthinkable show because. There's the the parents and then there's the kids and the kids are, uh, Bluey and Bingo, right? And uh, they're both and they're girls. Bo- yeah. They're both girls. They're probably about what like six and four.
1: You know, it's funny they start out as six and four, but they age up by that episode by season three um, to seven and five.
0: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so I, I guessed it. I guessed it. I guess at least I didn't guess it because they're not. They're not being imprecise about the behavior of these kids, right? They're they're very much behaving like kids of this age yeah. um, with, you know, a little smarter, a little more capable of getting around by themselves. None of them falls into a pool and like creates a huge havoc, although there probably is an episode about that of someone falling into a pool and it's creating a huge havoc. I just didn't, didn't watch it. Um, but like by and large, you know, everybody is mostly OK most of the time. This is not a show where there's like a whole lot of catastrophe that is like part of the plot. There are the sort of normal sorts of catastrophes that are happening in everyday life. And that's, I think, what sets this show apart first, like most immediately, is that there are real world problems that are happening to the parents uh, that are of a fairly serious sort. But the tone of the show is very light and the kids engage with stuff that's happening, too. And the parents and the kids often have to get on the same page about something. Which is not how TV shows always work with regards to relationships between parents and children. A lot of the time, the parent has to teach the child something, not necessarily, or, or sometimes the parent has to learn from the child. Sometimes the child's a smart one. Sometimes the parent is a smart one. In Bluey, they do it both ways. They do mm-hmm. it both ways all the time, where the parents and children are constantly learning from each other. Uh, and it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of morals and messages. In Bluey, so and also the episodes are super short. I mean, you want to talk about that part about it a little bit, Mark?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so from what I understand, like the typical t- children's television show format. Um, again, let's let's just like use Paw Patrol as a convenient whipping post here. Yep. Um, is I think about like a 14 minute or so runtime. Um, for a uh, for a full storyline, story arc to complete. Um, this is and I like think you, you, TV you, shows for little children. Yeah. so yes. you have the, the the intro for the show you have the setup um you have a commercial break and then you have the conclusion of the show you have another commercial break and then you kind of repeat the same thing in one block of television right um and that's enough time for like a, a setup with quite a bit of fluff um, a middle section with some problems that need to be solved in the case of prop patrol in the highly improbable and illogical ways that do not teach any lessons <laughs> um and then a de- <laughs> and then a, and then a fairly a fairly rapid Dana mall Right. So that's like in about twelve, fourteen minutes or so of a Paw Patrol episode. And Bluey, in six minutes, they they do all of that, but just extremely, extremely efficiently, and kind of shockingly so. Like you also don't don't notice it, right? It's like doesn't it feel rushed. It's like you you get exactly what you need. Um, I, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm Pete. Are you able to kind of put more words kind of behind that in terms of like what exactly is going on there? Yeah.
0: I would describe Bluey as a very elegant show, and the elegance refers to using the elements to get across complicated ideas without complicating the elements. Right? The elements are aligned in a certain way such that they have emergent properties in relation to each other in terms of the story that the stuff that comes out of it is more complicated than the pieces that you're seeing. So they are able to do a lot with they also are able to do a lot with visuals. It's a highly symbolic show. Uh, it does not it is not burdened with actually explaining to the children what is going on all the time or even really showing them, which might be one of the reasons that my kids are a bit less interested in it than mm. than they might be, because yeah. the show doesn't really drive home to the kids what the plot is. You know, they, there's this idea, at least it's it's interesting. I don't know what this is like. It's sort of like with the Haunted Mansion or a movie like uh, like uh, movies like that where you, you watch it and you're like, what is going on here? And then you hear that it's a huge hit with kids. Kids love this. And you're like, really? Why? I don't know. And there's a different viewing experience for children than there is for adults. For all these things, adults get different sorts of information out of things. They find different things funny. And Bluey is a show where it feels symmetrical. It feels like there's a kid experience and an adult experience of the show that are almost equally weighted in what the show is trying to do, as opposed to something like Shrek, which is sort of I think of as the original kid and adult thing. Well, Sesame Street is the original kid and adult thing, right, where we want adults to watch this show with their children, so we're going to put things on this show to engage the adults, and then we're going to also test it with children so that it works for both adults and children because we're trying to create an experience where the yeah. two of them watch at the same time. But when I'm saying Shrek, I mean the contemporary stuff where we're going to put in jokes that the parents are going to get, and and it's going to be like, ha, 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 the, the parents feel like they're in on something, and it's positioned in a way that the kids are very much not going to understand what's happening. Uh, but they're also not going to care because – they don't care that the joke is about a Starbucks because there's a witch that's flying through the sky and they're looking at the witch. So they oh, don't there's, care. There's
1: about like the a, joke there's like a matrix visual yeah. gag in the first um, Shrek movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, adults will get that. And back in the year, in the early aughts, that was hilarious. Um, yeah. And the kids, of course, you know. Uh, not to have seen The Matrix yes. um, at such a tender young age, but it's just like, oh, this is a silly action sequence and, you know, like, you know, kicking, kicking, ha ha
0: ha. As opposed to like Patty LaBelle going on and singing The Alphabet on Sesame Street or, you know, Haley Stenfield singing the I Wonder What If Let's Try song and children not knowing who these people are. But the performance is not keeping anything from them. Right. There's nothing. There's no information that the kid isn't getting in Bluey. There's information in Bluey. It's both in the Sesame Street sense because they're trying to encourage adults and children to watch together. They're not just trying to pull in the adults. They're trying to kind of create a family experience. They're not trying to be like, well, I got to bring my kid to a movie. I better best bring it to this one because I can laugh at this one. No, it's like this is supposed to be watched as as a family. But also the kids aren't in on everything that's happening. Um And and that so that's part of the the vibe. And and as an adult, I don't know what parts of it they aren't in on, or what how what the sort of pacing of the show feels like to them, uh, because I only notice the things that I notice.
1: Yeah, maybe this is um, might be a good point to get into an example of. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, To sketch out a few things here, right? Yeah, the two tracks, right? The parent track and then the kid track. Yeah. Um, the lesson learning, kind of yep. how it uh you know it, it goes both ways. Um, and then from there we can kind of sort of suss out was like you know why maybe try to put some theories out there why your kids aren't responding to it why whereas mine love it um aside from the fact that you know i'm just a better parent than you pete obviously clearly um, <laughs> no 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 not that like there's, there's no normative claims here right you know like um uh, but, but yeah let's okay. put an no, example. It's because you. like, was... you're
0: in an urban transit environment. So your TV is much less truck oriented, although you do watch a lot of pop patrol. So I guess that's not true.
1: Regrettably. No, no. no. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, try, uh, yeah. try, try an example. Like, you know, you, you you're like this is all kind of new and, and, and fresh to you. What, what really stood out? OK, so so because I think Bluey
0: Bluey is most interesting in the close reading, in my opinion, the close reading of Bluey of Bluey episodes is really interesting. They're really, some of them are really interestingly crafted. So there's a new episode, spoiler alert for some of the new episodes of Bluey. There's a new episode called Stickbird, Mm. right? And Stickbird takes place on like the edge of a a beach uh, or like shoals and tide pools and stuff might be a lake uh, um, where I think it's, I think it's the beach where family has gone and they are playing a game where they're throwing sticks into a pool uh, and and uh, the kids can't throw the sticks very far and the mom is trying to teach the kids how to throw the sticks farther and the kids get really frustrated it's a it's a it's an episode that's to an extent about about uh um i guess about gumption about accepting failure and moving on it's it's really about letting things go into the world and kind of uh because okay there's a bunch of different axes of learning that are played out in different uh blue episodes in this episode the axis of learning that's being engaged with is the idea that when you teach someone something or you create something which of course in the experience of parenting is often what it feels like to preside over the development of another human being, right? Like there's this person who's developing in front of you. You have an opportunity to have a tremendous amount of influence over them. They literally came from your body, you know, in in certain situations in certain situations, they didn't. Uh, But, you know, you, you feel as if this is something that you have created. And this is an episode that is about the ownership of the things that you create versus passing them along to the world or to others. So, um, they find a stick. I think it's Bluey who finds the stick that's weirdly shaped and decides that and decides with um, Bandit, the dad, that this could be the head of a bird. and makes a bird out of sand yep. and puts the uh, the birds, the stick head of the bird into the sand bird and creates this thing that they refer to as stick bird, uh, which, which, of course, Bluey is tremendously excited about and dad thinks is kind of adorable. But the dad throughout the episode is often just sitting and staring and seems to be dealing with something personal. He's. He's, he's depressed about something. He's having some sort of mental health thing that's going on. He's his lost in his wife, own
1: thoughts, and he's, he's not focusing on, on the present. And you know, like yes, his kids yes. are like, dad, dad, dad. You know, yeah. Like, oh,
0: oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, and he's sort of staring out at the ocean. So there's these there's these wide shots where the framing pulls back, and you just see this long arc of the shoreline surround uh, Bandit and Bluey in like three quarters, so like all the way around three sides of the TV. And and there's, and there's all these sticks that are lying on the edge of the water, and uh, and then there was the stick that was the stick bird. And what happens to the stick bird is when they walk away from the stick bird for a couple minutes, some kids who are playing throw the stick, which is what all the kids are playing, uh, take the stick, which leaves the stick bird essentially dead. So the stick bird has been kind of mutilated and is standing sitting there with its head torn off in the sand, and you know Bandit tries to console Bluey. But is not. It's, it's actually successful. it's
1: actually the little sister, Bingo, at that point. Oh, it's point, Bingo.
0: Okay. Who is upset
1: over the 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 um, the, the loss of the bird? So, um okay. it's also it's also like pretty sketched out, pretty clearly that um, the little sister is more, just generally speaking, more sensitive. Um, it's, right. uh, not not just because she's younger, but also like um, because that's kind of just her personality.
0: Yeah, she has a greater intensity of feeling. She her kind of gesture, defining character gesture, is like a childlike scream of like ah, right, and she that's not quite it but um but yeah she but also, also the, are the,
1: the, most... the, the sadness also
0: yeah right? so like, she has high highs and low lows yeah, yeah yeah okay so so this is a bandit and bingo episode not a bandit and bluey episode i should know because they're color-coded but i i still am learning
1: yeah. uh, bluey, so, bluey, is, bluey is the blue one for those who haven't seen well yes
0: <laughs> so the, the dad is blue bandit the dad is blue and chili the mom is brown and Bluey, the older sister, is blue, and Bingo, the younger sister, is brown. And Bluey and Bingo are both very imaginative children that are kind of mercurial and kind of run from thing to thing and, and exhibit a lot of uh, excitement about new things that they discover. But Bluey is more interest, a little bit more introspective and self-aware, and Bingo is more expressive and high, high, low, low, uh, you know, kind of less kind of, uh, uh, kind of self-mediated.
1: Um, yep. and there's and, a yeah. plenty of episodes, you know, where not surprisingly, older sister Bluey bosses Bingo around, and yeah. Bingo has a yeah. hard time, um, pushing back and kind yeah. of, you know, uh, finding her own gumption.
0: So, okay, so in this episode, Bluey is staying with the mom, learning how to throw sticks, yep. and Bingo is going with the dad. So you have a sort of chiasmatic relationship, right? Um, where like the sort of um, the blue one is with the brown parent and the brown one is with the blue parent. And so there's a sort of contrast mm-hmm. in, uh, in, yep. in, alignment there. And so the bird essentially dies and the dad is staring out at the ocean and talking about the bird and, uh, and, and says effectively, you know, when you, when you create something, when you put it out into the world, it's not yours anymore. Um, and uh and, and tries to sort of comfort her in this way um and she, i think she comes around to it they try to find another stick do you remember how it
1: resolves ultimately um I, the, the end I, of stick bird I, I don't actually and like yeah. and by the way you're, you're about a recall for for this having do you only see it once by the way yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's incredible by the way because like I'm, i watched you know all these episodes um with the kids and you know there's the distractions and all that kind of stuff, and like. You know, it's only after having seen probably all, you know, <laughs> three seasons, 50 a 100 plus episodes, like uh, four or five times <laughs> each yeah. or so, that I've like, you know, come to a place where I can kind of more deeply analyze because they go by so quickly and you're also very, again, very distracted. Yeah. It's the
0: degree of attention. The, one of the things that watching television as a parent, both when you're with your kids and when you're not really tests, is the amount of attention that you're willing to dedicate to something that you're watching on television. We, we've alluded to this over the years. This is a little bit of a tangent. We've alluded to this over years, especially as it regards the Big Bang Theory, which, of course, is a much maligned television show by the legendary writer of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song, Chuck Lorre. And, um, uh, and, and uh, the idea that the show is not challenging is part of the indictment of it. Um, shows like that that are meant to be easy to watch, right? And that's not the only thing that people, of course, get irritated about with this show, uh, but it's one of the defining characteristics of shows like it, which is that it's meant to be sessionable and easy-watching and familiar. Yep. And the idea of ha- what's your disposition when you sit down and watch television? Are you looking to be challenged, or are you already challenged, <laughs> right? Like, have you <laughs> already got enough on your mind that you don't need extra challenge from this particular television show, and that's not why you're watching it? And then, of course, there's the various... Intellectual indictments of watching any sort of medium in an uncritical or uh, un-unintense uh, way, which I hope, in overthinking it, we've never indulged in too much. It's more like, you know, if you don't see it, you could always look a little closer, and you might find it rather than like you have to watch it intensely all the time i think we've kind of bemoaned that as being a result of our overthinking it over the years that like we it's hard to relax when watching something Mm -hmm. but bluey is a show where if you i mean and i could tell this from the first couple episodes i watched if you're paying attention closely there is a lot to catch there is a lot of detail there's a lot of detail in the visuals there's a lot of detail in the composition there's a lot of detail in the music um they leave easter
1: eggs um the visual references in there in the later seasons for things that showed up in the earlier seasons as well too it's that it's that sort of show
0: yeah yeah I, okay so so it seems like what's happening in this episode is that the that someone has died that, that that seems to me what i'm inferring from looking at this is that somebody has died and uh and the, the dad is sad about it and uh, either somebody has died and the dad is sad about it or the dad has had some sort of health scare. It seems that there's some sort of confrontation with mortality that Bandit is having privately. Um, oh, and the other, I think – you know what it is? It's that he realizes that um, uh, that you should have fun with your kids, right? It's um, it's, it's the, the moral of the story at the end of this is um, uh, is, is that – oh, no, no. That's, that's like every other episode where that's the moral <laughs> of the
1: story. This is the one where he uh, – it's, it's, it goes back to the throwing lesson.
0: Yes, 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 yes.
1: So, um, yeah. You want to catch that out then? No, no, no. You finish it up. You finish R- sure. It. Okay. So, like, and this is best of my re- recollection goes. Um, right, a b- a bandit. The dad is uh, you know uh, while he's wrestling with everything, he's wrestling with also is witnessing the mom's throwing lesson, um, and that also then gets applied to uh, Bingo, the the, the the younger daughter um, about how. Um, you know, in the way that the, the older daughter Bluey is learning how to throw a stick, she can also learn how to take what's troubling her. Right, um,
0: that's what it. Throw
1: is. it into the ocean.
0: Yes, that's right. what it is. It's the take, light, take all of your yeah, throw it yeah, into the ocean.
1: yeah, yeah, yep. It's, it's about her, letting take the, go. Take, go of of take your the grief. sad. Yeah. Put in a ball, yeah. wind up, you know, point out, point, point out, and then throw it. And the then... dog, it's
0: the dog tags from Top Gun, the episode of Bluey. Right. right. Where it's just like, take those gooses dog tags. Oh, it tags. totally <speaking atison> is. They oh should have played gosh. that. If they played that musical cue there, because that's the kind of thing they totally do. They just do it with more highbrow music. But if he was <laughs> out there and he threw the stick into the ocean and it played. <bribery> that would have been perfect, because that's exactly oh, what the man. episode's about. I... It, stick bird is goose. <laughs> <laughs> uh... There's a there's a play uh, that I read once. I never saw it performed by a poet by the name of by a playwright by the name of Kobo Abe called The Man Who Turned Into a Stick, which is uh, which I interpreted as being about the kind of. Uh, uh, the passage between life and death, it's sort of about suicide and jumping off of buildings and kind of people becoming physical objects. It's also a little bit absurdist and weird. But it made me think – this made me think about it in that like the stick bird, the bird that has become a stick is like an animate object that has become an inanimate object. And this is an episode that's about sort of death and grief and letting go of grief, right, which is also about kind of throwing the stick into the ocean, uh, which is also about Tom Cruise balling up Anthony Edwards' dog tags and flinging them off of an <laughs> aircraft <laughs> Uh, so there's a lot going on with bluey people yeah that's just one episode that's just one of the newer episodes
1: let me just try to like very quickly summarize um uh kind of the main things going on here right um parents track for this show um i think you you should have gotten it by this point right it's about um um, letting go grief yeah right uh moving on um children's track um uh, likewise right is uh you know the taking your sad how to move on uh, uh, uh confront sadness and but move yeah. on from it and also like you know learning how to throw stuff right yeah and, and but at this point i should also add that like um you know if children are not like this is great that that's yeah. that if that is not their response from that like i totally get it especially you know if they had been watching something with an awesome truck you uh, know, with uh, you know, an amazing rescue missions and like yep. a, a wish fulfillment power fantasy for a four year old. Right, this this show is not providing that at all. No, no. Okay, no. so that's parents track, children's track. Now the lessons learning likewise as well. So like, you know, the the parent is obviously teaching one child a very specific hard skill, which is how to throw something, and then you know that then that gets translated into a more abstract version of taking uh you know the sad feelings and learning how to throw that, and then the other parent um, learns that from the, the child, you know, who right. learned, also who learned it from the other other parent right. as well, too. Yes. And yes. the other thing I should add as well, too, is like, you know, the that whole like parent layer um, and like what is bothering Bandit, the dad um, and uh, you know, where his sadness comes from. It is totally ambiguous, right? Like your interpretation of a Pete is is good and valid and, and most likely correct, but um, it is not at all explicit. You know, you could be just like, yeah. you know, he's stressed out with work, right? That yeah. could very easily be. Yeah, yeah like that could the, just be. It. Yeah, totally. And and if, yeah. if you're a parent, like, you know, you can just map on whatever happens to be bothering you and taking you out of the moment and preoccupying you. And you can map that onto there, which is yeah. part of the, uh, the, the, the high effectiveness yeah. of the show.
0: So yeah exactly i think if you're a real bluey fan you can try to reconstruct the various bad things that have happened to this family over
1: the years oh and (laughs) people do that on Reddit. like there's a lot of that going on and every once in a while the creators of the show will um you know uh uh reveal their intent but you know the author's dead and so on and so forth Um,
0: so so, okay i I will i do want to respond to one of the accusations (laughs) that's been leveled i don't want to respond. i'll respond to it by way of adding something which is that that a show that is similar to Bluey in certain respects is Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood in that they're both highly concerned with emotional management Mm -hmm. uh, and with teaching. So, of course, one of the big controversial i think in practice although people i don't know if people would describe this as controversial because it's one of those controversies where even the way that you talk about it signifies what side of it you're on which is kind of silly because then you don't get to actually talk about it but this idea of how much of what is developmentally appropriate for children with regards to things like anger uh and and like and like shame uh and Mm. do and so uh what changes about how you regard kids if you take into account the limitations that especially very small children have in terms of emotionally regulating themselves. So, um, you know, if you, if you know that a child is too young to stop tantruming voluntarily, right? Like the the, the child is going to go into a tantrum and they can't, they literally can't stop like the kids too. And they literally don't have the circuits in their brains to limit their ability
1: to tantrum once they get going it's a real process or it's a different metaphor pete imagine that a child is an f-14 tomcat (laughs) and it is entering into a spin and it is physically impossible for the airframe to pull out of the spin yeah well
0: i don't know about you but i've actually parented a child at mach 2 inverted (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> I took wow, a Polaroid wow, on it once. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> what is that, Dad? Oh, I'm so old. <laughs> What's that weird box? Um, so <laughs> But the idea being here, the, the main idea being here that uh, do you care like are you trying to equip your child with emotional tools or are you trying to condition your child into desired behaviors is what I would think of as a big cultural, oh. Point of conflict in parenting right now, at least in the United States. Re- re-state that one more
1: time. That, those
0: uh, those whether you are trying to equip your child with emotional tools, um, or and and I'm saying or here because I'm I'm. I am deliberately presenting these things as separate things when they are not separate um, or trying to condition them into desired behaviors with the idea that there are people who come down really hard on each side, entirely excluding the other side. And then, of course, there's a lot of like muddling about the middle. The, the, the classic example of this is, you know, the kid is doing something that's that's wrong. Do you like, yell at the kid or not? Right. Um, and it, the idea being that depending upon how old the kid is, the answer might be different as to what might work. Um, but that also, you know, to, to play devil's advocate with myself, you might come from a parenting tradition that produces an outcome that you like, and you don't, since you don't really specifically have any certainty to countermand it, you might want to hew to the tradition and do the thing that tradition has always worked, right, has um, as done that has always worked. Or, you know, you just might be a pure behaviorist, and you might be like, well, the way to get the kid to stop doing the thing is to give them a negative, you know, a positive punishment when they do the thing. Um, and and this gets really complicated in terms of like what kinds of punishments actually work for children, uh, you know what kind of punish what at what age, right? So like a good example is like and I don't want to get down this rabbit hole too much, but um, is the is the consequence of a thing that you're holding out for a child p- close enough in time and place to the thing that they're doing that they will be able to draw the comparison between the two things, right? So like. And this is all this is all for important reasons. I I'm I'm laying all this for important reasons. But an example might be, you know, your kid is uh, you know writing on the on the table with a crayon. Do you tell them that if they don't stop you're going to take away the crayon or do you tell them if they don't stop they're not going to get to go to the water park tomorrow? And the depending on the age of the kid, they might not be able to comprehend the connection between something they're doing now and something they're doing tomorrow. Right. But at the same time, you might think, well, you know, I'm operating from a standpoint where they don't get nice things if they don't listen. Um, And so that's a controversy. And uh, I mean, I personally, I mean, it shouldn't be surprising for someone who overthinks and overanalyzes that I'm much more of the standpoint of like, let's try to keep things clear, keep things actionable, do things that work, which requires a lot of work. And of course, I'm married to someone with a graduate degree in psychology with his focus on child behavior. Right, so it's right, like, right. so like I do what she says a lot, <laughs> uh, what she suggests, but the point being that like shows like bluey, Daniel tiger's neighborhood, uh, are focused to an extent on the limit, the emotional limitations that children have in facing things that upset them and trying to educate children through these characters to develop their own emotional skills and tools. And also to educate the parents, uh, part of the difference is that with Daniel Tiger, Daniel Tiger talks directly to the screen and gives the kids strategies on how to handle their emotional situation, which really the parents are the ones who are listening to, because the parents are going to be the ones who end up repeating it for the kids. The whole like, you know, um, do you watch a lot of Daniel Tiger? A decent amount, yeah. Yeah. So, so it'd be it like, you so know, mad, if, if you, you, you feel to- so mad that you want to roar, take a deep breath and count to four. I'm not actually believing that my three year old is going to remember that. It's really for me. Right, so I can right. sort of yeah, maybe sing that right. song yeah. and help my
1: kid calm yes. down. Yes, Pete, if you feel so bad that you want to report. yeah. So, like, I would, <laughs> I would, I would say that Bluey
0: is not as far as Daniel Tiger is toward didacticism and teaching, really trying to teach specific emotional management skills, but it really goes deep on emotional management and it draws the comparison between child emotional management and adult emotional management, which is different, but also. The adults need to learn to emotionally manage themselves, and perhaps as parents, if they look at how their kids are dealing with, they may arrive at a new develop- degree of self-understanding. So in this episode, part of it is how does the parent manage their grief or stress or sense of loss or pain, uh, and they might learn something But by looking at the challenges that the kid has in doing it, and it's like, okay, this is a strategy I will teach the kid to use to deal with their stress and pain. Mm-hmm. I could maybe use it myself. Right. Um, or but also at the same time, it's very different. You know, Bingo is upset about a sandbird. He's not upset about it. Mean, it's a real thing for her, but it's not the same sort of problem as is likely what's troubling bandit. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and part of the characterization is that Bandit doesn't tell her Bandit because he's a, you know, responsible parent, has some boundaries and doesn't just tell the three year old about all the things that are happening in his life right? <laughs> like that might be upsetting or confusing. Right. um Like, you don't just throw all that at a kid and be like, good luck. Good luck parsing that. By the way, do you know what your hand
1: is yet? <laughs> oh, but I should add, by the way, like, you know, in, this is not the show where parents like or like you know really tough stuff gets put out uh you know front and center on the forefront um oh. for the kids or for the audience or young people in the audience either what you will see though i don't know if you caught up with this pete is that like Adults are having conversations and you'll just like pick up a small snippet of something yeah. um, and you can interpolate from that like a whole range of things from like pretty major yeah. like, emotional or physical issues. Are you talking about the, fa- the face uh, the face
0: the face episode? What was that one called? Fa- fa- facey time. Facey time. Um, I didn't the, write that one down in the ones that I watched, but I did watch it. The facey time
1: episode. Yeah. What you see there in, in the background is that like um, a, 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 a parents are, are having like a pretty serious but, like, ultimately, like, you know, fruitful conversation about, like, how they're handling discipline for yeah. their child, for their yeah. for their spectacular three-year-old, amazing three-nature tantrum machine muffin, who was just yeah. the best character in the show, by the way. No, no, <laughs> I'm talking about other things where just, like, you know, like, they just have a, you know, adults are having a conversation, you just catch a snippet of it's like, you know, well, like, you know, the, the test came out, blah, 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 or, like, you know, like it's, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're not sure how it's going to turn out, right? And, like adults immediately know or have a yeah. pretty good sense of what's going on there like you know adults are dealing with major adult stuff um but it is absolutely not there for the kids yeah yeah At and
0: that's all. that's sort of how it's a, a show that you look into both sides of it right it's like a it's like a it's like a cardboard tube where the show's in the middle and the adults look in one side and
1: the kids look in <laughs> the other and ultimately they see each other right <laughs> but but uh, they're both most of the episodes of are like that if, if yeah. i'm if i may like i pivot just yeah. another episode here which is much much more for the grown-ups. Yeah. In the audience. I think the it's fair to say that baby race is that, right? Oh like, this yeah. Is absolutely for the parents. Rough. Yeah. And Oof. um because like the the kids are only intentionally there like there's a there's a um let me try to summarize it. I would love to get your reaction to this, especially someone who's seen it very recently. Um, so there there's some sort of framing device where they're in the present day and the parents are talking to the kids about you know what it was like when Bluey was a baby and then the bulk of the episode is looking back the experience of bluey as a newborn and chili's anxiety about being a new parent and measuring herself up against like the uh this like the, the queen bee mom uh of the group who was like telegraphed as being more affluent and then also like and more beautiful and The kid is, like, hitting her developmental milestones quicker, and and Chili has all this anxiety over it, and is feeling bad, um, feeling like a bad parent, like, as a failure as a parent, straight up, right? And then turns around and gets emotional support from said Queen Bee um, mom of the group. And then um, this is all about, you know, Bluey learning how to walk and take her first steps. And it goes like, oh, no, she hasn't taken her first steps yet. And then um, in amazing, emotional, spectacular uh, uh, fashion, she does so at the very end of the episode. And it reduces um, most parents to tears. Yeah. At that spot.
0: Yeah. Um, It's the two kids in that episode are not Bluey and Bingo. They're Bluey and this other kid who is the sort of wunderkind of uh the lincoln center dog co- family from australia or whatever it is, right? like um so uh i i mean i experienced this as a parent i, I identify with it every
1: parent ex- experiences yeah. this oh my yeah. gosh yeah yeah
0: because kids don't hit develop kids kids don't develop neatly they are developing in so many different dimensions at the same time things are prioritized over other things there's a lot of chaos that goes into it in a, in a mathematical sense. Uh, you know, for, for example, I mean, the one I, I dealt with, uh, the most, or most sort of obviously and comically is that, um, my, my son has a really big head. Both my kids have really big heads. Uh, that I could own in Janet Yetpek, or at least they were when they were babies. They were tall with big heads. And so my son couldn't really, he, he learned how to roll over and then his head grew and he couldn't roll over anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't pick up his weight and roll it over, and so like he was kind of stuck on his back for a long time, and then he couldn't walk either because he couldn't he couldn't stand up because uh, his feet were really. I actually like looked at it one time and it was like his feet were like less than half the diameter of his head or something. And it's like, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to balance anything on those. Uh, I mean, I don't think of it as that. Ex- I didn't actually measure. I don't know if it's that extreme, but it was like, man, but what he lo- what he was really good at was like going on the walker. Like he would hold the little push walker. And so he was like tearing all over the house, running, running, running and couldn't walk. Um, <laughs> and because he couldn't balance. We even started him on dance class before he could walk. Just because we had signed him up for dance class so far in advance that we had assumed he would have been able to walk, and this was like when he was like sixteen, seventeen months old, and uh, and he couldn't walk, and so we took him to what dance class and he couldn't walk, and then by the third week of dance class he could walk, right? Because of course the the here's the thing that really stuck out to me. The thing that really stuck out to me about the Baby Race episode, the two things, other than the very end, is when Bingo, who's been following the story, the little sister has been following the story. Uh, she has that great line which, when they're like, well, where were you? you? Where was I? You weren't born yet. Oh, I was invisible. And she's like, that's really cool. <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> 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 um, which is like super creepy, but also kind of awesome. But uh, But there's a point where like they're telling the story and it's like, oh, and Bingo, you know, couldn't. You know, ba- uh, Bluey couldn't walk, and Bluey was just shuffling around and butt-shuffling everywhere. Uh, and like, you know, they tried to learn to crawl, and then and then the the, the, the little sister is like asks with like bated breath, "So did Bluey ever ever learn to walk?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's she's sitting right there. <laughs> she walked here. <laughs> you know the ending of that story, but at, that's so. Emblematic of the experience where it's like you forget that, you know, people generally do learn how to walk. I mean, obviously, there are people who never walk. Uh, This is not about them. Uh, But like, this this is not about people who are like actually legitimately concerned that their child uh, might be unable to, to, to walk ever. Uh, but no, this is like, did the kid ever learn to walk? Yes, of course the kid learned to walk.
1: <laughs> you know, the like, two the of them kid- were just running around in the backyard. like Yeah, yeah, out. yeah,
0: yeah. exactly. They were playing on the monkey bars. They were running around the playground. Like, of course they learned how to walk. Uh, but when you're in the middle of it, that isn't known. That isn't certain. And even the small chance that it might not be the case is like super scary uh, or can be. Um, so that really struck me as, as a part of it, which was like being in the middle of the story and not knowing how the story is going to end is uh it's you will talk about how they manage to do so much in such a short time as a show Mm -hmm. they are very good at developing tension um though i wonder whether the tension is relying on the adults knowing things about what's happening um like like that idea of like did 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 bluey ever learn to walk it's kind of an absurd question uh but to an adult it's not who has dealt with this it's not an absurd question because you in the middle of it you really don't know Uh, Even if you absolutely do know. Um, And so and the other thing is, of course, the ending, which is the sort of classic classic principle of a Bluey ending. But of course, each one is articulated slightly different, which is like you see it from Bluey's perspective as she reaches for her mom. The idea being that the thing that finally got Bluey to walk was the desire to walk. And that she wanted to walk so badly uh, to to reach her mom, and that's what got her to take her yeah, first step.
1: Yeah, 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 which is a,
0: which is a delight.
1: It, it was a desire to walk, but also just the general desire to want to be with her mom. Yeah, to yeah. Mom, to
0: like reach yeah. for her mom to sort of reach upward at her mom. And there's this moment of the mom regarding the baby as looking at her and wanting her, and then also walking. Um, and and it and it hits the idea. It hits and subverts the parent it it subverts and changes while it hits the parent's relationship with the problem so if if every bluey episode has a problem and the problem is experienced by the parents and by the kids uh in in somewhat different circumstances uh but it but it has an emotional resonance there's some sort of emotional similarity in the way that the parents and the kids are dealing with this problem uh though a good bluey ending is going to solve the problem in a punchline twisty way like there's gonna be something new about the issue and the issue here is like okay the mom is experiencing a self-esteem issue the mom is like feeling very unworthy as a parent because her kid isn't walking like she's doing something wrong or she's a bad parent and the kid reaching for her and walking is both validating that she's a fine parent because the kid can walk but is also appealing to what's really going on which is her self-esteem and her sense of worth which is being hugely bolstered up mm-hmm. by the adoration yep. of this child right like uh, uh and so it's like well you know I, I think i wrote in my notes heading into this uh, something to the effect of the answer to every bluey problem is spend authentic time with your family Right. Like, 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 like be yourself, be emotionally open, be authentic with your family. And then there'll be something that happens that elegantly solves the problem that's been elegantly set up in like the initial minutes of the episode. Um, And so, yeah, that's the that's the baby race episode. And of course, when the baby is reaching for the mom and the mom starts getting choked up and in awe of watching the baby, like that's that is the crying moment. Right. Where where you're sort of any of your own feelings about not being like a good enough parent or also um you know any sort of sympathy for for little babies right which is i think uh, something something a lot of people share who aren't parents and a lot of people who are parents don't share uh, but uh, but uh also that just that sense of yearning it's like an operatic yearning that's being expressed that i think probably resonates you know regardless of the situation at least a little bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Um, hey speaking of operatic yearning oh yeah um should we talk about music in the show yes yeah M- bluey has amazing music yes oh sure. total. yeah yeah. It, it, it is like very composed in the mm-hmm. specific and general sense of the word um yeah. and just to, to tie out the baby race episode and then maybe we should transition to sleepy time um is that uh like i don't remember the specific music cue there uh that comes at the end of that climactic moment but like really notably like the music swells and you see um bluey from her point of view as a baby reaching out for her mom and, you know, and, and, and walking and presumably going in for an embrace, but the episode very smartly cuts before you get there. And the music just kind of takes you out from there. Again, like the, the music is doing a lot, a lot in the show. Um, so with that, um, the sleepy time episode is, oh, yeah. um, it relies very heavily on um, whole s- planets suite. To tell a, a cosmic journey a tale that, that is a cosmic journey of Bingo learning how to sleep on her own and kind of resolve her anxiety about um, – her separation anxiety from her mother and being able to sleep in her home bed by herself. I mean that's, that's it at its, at its most basic uh, level and also like um, the climactic uh, music cue and that is uh, Jupiter. Right. Like if, you, if you can't recall it off the top of your head, that's, that's the big, majestic music cue. Right. Yep. <succumbing Éric> right. Like big horns, you know, like the, the orchestra is all very full and present and is grand and glorious. It's not necessarily what you would think about, interestingly, in terms of a uh, what would what we say, four or five year old child being able to sleep. But right. that's part of the genius of it. Right. Like what, what else is going on here?
0: Okay, so just to touch on one thing, because I did look it up really quickly, the music in the Baby Race episode is based on a Bach prelude. So it's kind of funny that it's about a baby learning to walk, and it's a prelude, right? So there's a lot of, like, <laughs> deep musical, classical yeah. music jokes in Bluey. Yeah,
1: yeah uh, well,
0: And and so um, Jupiter, and another fun fact, Jupiter, Bringer of Jollity, is the music that I requested to have played when I walked down the aisle at my own wedding. <laughs> yeah, but but <laughs> like, not that... Um, Grandiose, not that part, uh,
1: Not that part. No, it was an earlier part.
0: Yeah. yeah. More uh, more, not, not uh, a, jaunty,
1: part, a jauntier yeah. section of the...
0: Yeah, like an entrance. It was entrance music. It was like part... It was like a... It felt like movie entrance music from a movie that you didn't quite remember. Yeah. Uh, which is what a lot of Holst feels like because so much music, movie music is so influenced by Holst. But yes, so in this episode, Sleepy Time... The sleeping child goes through a dreamscape where they visit the different planets of the solar system, and each time that they visit a planet of the solar system, a movement from the host suite, the planets, which – was it written for orchestra? Was it written for concert band? I don't know what it was written for, but a lot of concert bands play it. Um, it's got to have been written for orchestra, right? Did they? I assume so. Yeah, yeah but it's very brass heavy, um, and uh, which is awesome. I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, and every planet that they visit, uh, that movement of the host suite plays and uh except of course jupiter plays again when they go back to the sun because there's no movement in the planets for the sun uh because i hate to break this to you the sun not a planet (laughs) uh but um but the so the idea in the host suite is to connect the planets to their mythological personages right uh
1: and then like to, the, the greek or the gods of antiquity
0: yeah the greek or roman gods but also in the orchestration it has this i don't want to call it science scientific or metaphysical it's more physical than metaphysical like there's um there's a physical energy to the whole suite uh that at least to me is means like feels like it's something that's supposed to be you know really impressive and in the real world like look at this thing! Look at this awesome thing! Like, the music for the Enterprise is like, look at this awesome thing! Raiders of the Lost Ark is like, we're doing an awesome thing! Uh, and if you want a music that's actually contemplating the complexities of these things, it would have more violins, right? But, uh, but it has more brass, <laughs> because it's like, this is a thing that's happening, right? And uh, this is a thing that is happening now when this baby's
1: asleep, and... Although, um, to, to be just a, very quickly here, to give Raiders of the Lost Ark more credit, which I know you would give it, it to it anyway, um, the the music that plays when they specifically are contemplating the Ark of the Covenant itself is amazing and creepy and has like strings and, and winds like yes, really at, yes. at the forefront of it. It's yeah, it goes into that track. It, yes. yeah, well, I guess,
0: I guess. Yeah. So, so the, this totally, re- this totally matches what I'm saying, which is that this sort of orchestral music is used for the revelation of mysteries, not for the like presence of mysteries, right? For like, it's for the, re- the revealing of things, the looking at things,
1: not the unknown. Um, and, I might argue differently for Return of the or for Raiders or the Lost Ark, by the way, because like well, that the the theme is played there when you see the Ark of the Covenant, um, and then it's like because the mystery is what's inside. What's well, yeah, inside and the, the box? music
0: what's becomes inside more, the more box? complex. Yeah, they don't just play the march when they're looking at the Ark of sure. the Covenant, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, 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 like that's yeah, what
1: I mean is like the march. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, so I guess that's what I should say is that these are marches, sort of. They're kind of based on marches. They're related to marches. They're sort of cousins of marches. Um, but yeah. Anyway, the point is that the kid. So the problem, right is is not being able to sleep, uh, and also and, and then this is shown from the parent perspective, which is being annoyed by the kid punching you in the face, right and like kicking you in the bed. And then from the kid perspective of being this sort of like space baby who is hatching from the Earth and is kind of in regard to this strange universe, right? So the the kid is woken up not by things that they know, but things that they don't know, um, but in the dream space the kid is sort of discovering things and this is very characteristic of bingo as a character i think because this is bingo that's doing this right
1: yeah 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 yeah, Bingo. Uh, bingo
0: as a character loves to find things out yeah uh and and is always excited when bluey is finding something out and is also trying to find things out themselves and and is a bit of an explorer and so in the dream you know it's a the 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 sort of achievement of mastery of the self comes from an achievement of mastery of the solar system by sequencing through the various planets and the sun to then sort of achieve an understanding of the whole thing and then to reseal yourself in the egg of the earth which then draws the curtain on the sun which makes it dark which makes it able you able to sleep it's sort of like the daunting unknowability of the of the vast and horrible universe is keeping you from sleeping and by going to get to know the universe through the sort of processes of your mind so you're reading a book about the universe right and then so while you're sleeping your brain is kind of wrestling with the ideas in the book about the universe and, and the solar system right and you go the different planets in the solar system and you're kind of narrativizing and understanding and kind of incorporating a perspective in relation to the things that you were just reading in the book which is giving you this like little bit more confidence in dealing with reality which is huge and scary when you're a little child and of course by when you're an adult is totally cake, right? Take walk. Reality is yeah, so easy. Yeah. Uh, but when you're a kid, it's like super big and scary and unknowable. And so she has these sort of like big, brassy, uh, classical experiences of kind of getting to know each of the planets and kind of playing with them. Right. Like Jupiter is this huge, mysterious thing. But she goes up to it and it's like pudding. Right. And she sort of splashes at it with pudding and she goes to, to Saturn and it's this vast, noble thing, but it's got a whole bunch of stuffed rabbits running around it in the rings. And so, like, OK, I'm getting to know this unknowable thing in the context of something that I understand. And like if that's how the mind is working, it's incorporating and networking connections. This is like development of the brain. This is all very poetical, <laughs> and, you know, and like uh and like she even loses her own bunny in the in the rings of saturn right like she has a bunny with her that she loses in the rings of saturn uh but it sort of like goes where it belongs and then she sort of just goes in and and, and sort of marvels and basks in the vastness and power of the sun and then knowing where she belongs herself goes back and seals herself back into the earth uh, and and this vast classical music repertoire which is about the sort of mythologic mythologization and demythologization of the planets like brings you all the way around back home. Um and and of course otherwise it's a funny, funny five minute video about a kid punching their parent in the face. Right?
1: Like that's <laughs> the other thing that it's about. So like the, you know the double track. Um, yeah, that is absolutely there. And there's yeah. just like hijinks and funny visual gags. Yeah. Um for the younger viewers. Yeah. But I think the, so I try I was
0: trying to articulate a concept uh, earlier before we started recording, and I'm going to try to articulate it again by using less jargon. So. The Holst music in Sleepy Time, um, I'll give another example for people who might not be familiar with Holst. Uh, there's an episode about the family going on vacation uh, where the mom is really stressed out, and doesn't know how to relax. Totally common problem. Uh, but, but, and also the mom has a lot of stuff she has to do because, you know, the mom doesn't often get to go on vacation when the family goes on vacation. Uh, there's, there's, a great onion article about it. Um, and so if you're a dad, uh, or a partner of a mom in any respect, uh, you should be cognizant of that and try to correct for it. Um, but at any rate, uh, while the kids are kind of enjoying the fact that they're on vacation and is not worrying and not worrying about what they're going to do. The mom wants to go to the beach and is trying to get everybody organized and go to the beach and is clearly stressed out about it. And they play simple gifts in the background. And this is a this is an Amish rock anthem, right? This is like a song. Yeah, yeah. Well, as you pointed it out there,
1: because it's not played straightforward. You know, as it would be classically, as you know, as the whole stuff is basically in the Sleepy Lamb episode. But it's it's given kind of a backbeat and a rock groove. But it's very recognizably still simple gifts.
0: Yeah. So but the the point so the, the, the music is working on several levels. The first level is that it is underscoring the episode. Like it is appropriate in tone. The holst and the simple gifts and the Bach prelude, they're all appropriate in tone and have uh, you know, crescendos and phrasing and 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 they're arranged in a particular way that works to underscore the action of the episode. You don't have to know what you're listening to in order for it to work, right? If you do know what you're listening to, though, there's an additional layer of understanding because Bluey tends to pick recognizable pieces of classical music. And not just recognizable pieces of classical music, but recognizable pieces of classical music where – the name of the song or the sort of stated purpose of the song or the story behind the piece is related to the story that you're currently watching in some way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, So I describe this as semantics, but I can get away from that word because it's just semantics. Uh, and instead just <laughs> sort of say like, you know, um, uh, you know, music can make you feel something without intrinsically meaning anything. Um, But, Music can also signify something and mean something if it's associated with, like, a word, right? Or, like, a number, or, or, like, a place, or a person, right? So, like, things, there are various sorts of things that have a more comfortable, sort of, concrete meaning, um, or abstract meaning than a piece of music, which is interacting with our brains in a different sort of way a lot of the time. Um, that's what I sort of meant by semantics, but, but I guess what I mean is that Bluey picks. Pieces of music to uh, to inform the underscoring of the episodes where if you know what the piece of music is called or where it comes from, it's making commentary on the episode or matching it in some way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and which is like part of the idea that I think I think it is part of the overall aesthetic that the kids are playing and and you don't get to see their reality. You see their reality through the experience of play, which is going to in some degree obscure reality as you might experience it as an objective observer Uh, and this can be done either by virtue of the kid kind of talking around things or through like creative animation that makes sort of hallucinatory things appear that the kid is imagining Uh, and then with the parents you don't see their full reality because they don't talk about their full reality because they're with their children Uh, and and so but you see little bits and pieces of it and i think the classical music is the same where it's sort of telling you something, but some of the meaning of what it's telling you, some of the the sort of detail, the observable detail that you would associate with really being told something is being obscured or withheld, uh, or, or just not being put front and center. You have to work a little bit to kind of figure it out, which I think is part of the pleasure. I mean, I don't know, what do you get about the classical music choices? Uh, um,
1: yeah, I, I will agree with everything you said there, and I will just um, underline your point by actually talking about um, one of the the few instances where non-classical music yes. is used in the show. So one of them to to a great effect, and this is the, I think this is the last time we'll have a chance to dunk on Paw Patrol here. Oh yeah, is that there is a show uh, within this show called Cat Squad, which is <laughs> a parody of Paw Patrol very clearly. Yeah, and uh, it's got this ripping guitar uh anthem, guitar-driven anthem. Um, you know, I think of the. You know, the, the paw patrol paw patrol right instead of that it's like cat squad like you hear you know like (laughs) this, like shout come come out from it there and like that music is something doing something different there and um it's 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 there as an inside joke for sure um and uh but it's it's yeah, it, it's not kind of having like kind of it's not trying to give textured meaning in, in the same way. And then in similarly, uh, in the same way as the classical music. And then there's another ep- uh, episode, which Pete, I would encourage you to, to watch is the one where Bandit takes uh, Bingo and Bluey to their first movie. Ooh. And um, it is um, it's called Chutney Chimp. Right. And the alliteration there, of course, is meant to be um, a, a spin on Mickey Mouse or you know the broader okay. Disney oeuvre itself because it's about um, monkeys. Um, and they are anthropomorphized monkeys and of course like they see sing songs because it's meant to be a disney movie and like it is like very on the nose sort of stuff That the monkey literally sings i wish i wasn't different i wish i was the same something like that right (laughs) um
0: brutal
1: roasted shots fired (laughs) yeah (laughs) and like What's going on there is that, you know, the songs aren't bad, but of course they're they're good, right? You know, they're they're again they're very on the nose there, right? And um and crucially at some point, Bandit, you know, and, and uh and answering a question from the kids about like what is all going on here? Like, what is all supposed to mean? Bandit just deadpans the the response to the girls. It's just monkeys singing songs. <laughs> Like he's literally telling the kids and I'm arguing with the audience as well to like, don't overthink it. But, like, (laughs) you know, that is music that is not carrying as much thematic uh, heavy lifting um, and stands in interesting relief in contrast to the the classical music that was deployed in like very thoughtful ways as described earlier.
0: So cat squad. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. And I love dunking on Paw Patrol. Um, It never gets old. So speaking of monkeys, though, I I don't want to leave an overthinking episode about Bluey without talking about what felt like the most overthinkable episode of Bluey that I watched. Mm -hmm. So I want to touch on this. I know we're probably running out of time because we can't because now that we're parents, we can't podcast for two hours straight about Bluey. (laughs) Um, Well, can't is the wrong word. Won't is probably the right Right, word, (laughs) Uh, nor nor does anyone particularly need to listen to it. But there is an episode. And I know that this episode was recommended by uh, Ben Adams, overthinker Ben Adams, who claimed it was his favorite episode of of Blue, which is the episode Flat Pack, Hmm. where Bingo, where Bandit and Chili, the parents, are putting together a, a porch swing that they've bought from ikea wayfair or something like that in australia uh and they've bought a mail delivery porch swing and while they're putting together the porch swing they are discarding pieces of the packaging have you seen this episode
1: i have yeah, yeah. it's been yeah. a while so i've yeah. sort of details but they're arguing with each other they start. yes as, um yeah
0: the very familiar experience as with yes. many things in bluey for parents <laughs> i one of the this was actually a really tough thing for me to get over in the early days of my relationship with my wife when it was getting serious which was just like the difficulty of putting together a piece of furniture with another person <laughs> when your self-esteem and kind of pride depends upon you feeling like the other person thinks you're good at it <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and ironically you also
1: kind of need another human being there to, yes, so like you yes. know brace the two pieces together feeling and one, like one you don't want
0: true. to yeah. you don't want to admit that you need help but the thing is literally made to be assembled by two people yep. <laughs> so yep. you, you yep. Like, by definition need help <laughs> but like you're being all proud about it and then you get these stupid arguments and then i inevitably put it together wrong and i have to take it apart again and put it together again um but um but uh So so as the parents are discarding the pieces of the packaging of the swing that they're putting together, the bingo and band and and, uh, Bluey are playing at the base of the porch. And each successive piece is leading them through two parallel super narratives. Right. So like each time a piece of packaging from the swing goes on the ground. Uh, the the two kids who have decided to pretend to be fish just arbitrarily as the first thing that they're doing are go through a in a uh, performance of the process of the evolution of life on this planet from of animal <laughs> life on this planet from fish to people Uh and it passes through such things as you know amphibians and lizards and dinosaurs, and there's a, there's a cataclysm that destroys the dinosaurs and they become birds, uh, and then there are monkeys. It is funny because it hits on them being monkeys before they become people, uh, further mm. being the idea that the bluey <laughs> dogs aren't really dogs – they're sort of dogs the same way the president of the world in Dragon Ball Z is a dog, which is like they're drawn <laughs> as dogs and then you're, you're really not supposed to worry about it too much. Um, no, it's a, it's actually a little bit different because the Bluey people are dogs in order to alienate you from the fact that they're people, right, to sort of like mm-hmm. soften the blow uh, yep, yep. of a lot of what they're saying. But um, and then at the same time, they're playing the role of a mother and child and the child is growing up while the. The stages in evolution are passing. So when they're fish, the the baby fish is a baby, and then when they become amphibians, the fish becomes like a, a toddler, and then when they're lizards, the fish becomes like a kid, and when they're dinosaurs, the fish is a big kid, and then they become monkeys, and then they become and then they and then they become cave dogs, right? And they get and then the, when the finally the big box gets thrown down, the box becomes the cave that becomes their home, and then. Uh, when when more it is, of course, like a TARDIS situation where the packaging for the porch swing is like more than could possibly fit inside the box for the porch <laughs> swing. There's like an entire city's worth of spare material that Bluey uses to build a futuristic futuristic uh, uh, kind of metropolis out of cardboard boxes and and foam and bubble wrap. And uh, when they reach that point in the sort of, you know, utopian phase of their civilization, uh, the bingo is now an adult who is going to leave and go to space right and sort of leave home (laughs) and there's this like very sad time where bluey the little kid who's in this episode like six or seven years old and bingo who's like four or five years old share like a sort of tearful hug as bingo hops in a little box to fly off into outer space forever (laughs) and 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 do you remember how this ends the ending is amazing because like (laughs) bluey like sort of sits down and regards the dock the space dock from whence her, her child has left her and is like, what do I do now? <laughs> and she's like walking with a with a with a paper towel roll cane. And, and so the, the lesson that is being taught here is, is one about um, presupposing that you're good at what you're doing because you're not the first person to have to do it. Right, like, like the idea that like you're not the first person to struggle to put together a porch swing, uh, you know, you probably are already good at it. If you just sort of take it one step at a time, uh, you know, you'll you'll kind of realize that it's all kind of part of the plan. That the you know the porch swing is not meant to not be put together. Um, <laughs> but then Bluey is and, like and also engage
1: at, authentically with other people in your family.
0: Yeah, exactly. And also say, uh, engage authentically with your own family, which is what happens next. Which is that the parents who are now sitting in the porch swing on top of The stairs, which during the cave dog phase, if you remember this, this top of the stairs (laughs) So during the cave dog phase, uh, Bluey, as the elder cave dog, has made a series of drawings and the younger cave dog has pitched in. And and chief among these drawings presiding over all of them is a pagan divine depiction of the parents on top of the porch as vengeful gods who hurl lightning bolts down. (laughs) (laughs) the like little dogs that run around (laughs) on the bottom. So they've developed a crude religion around the idea that the parents are up on the porch and they're the ones that are down on the earth. Right. (laughs) And um, but then, of course, we reach the sort of further development of society uh, in the utopian future. And the parents then. Are revealed to in a sort of 2001: The Space Odyssey kind of way, also uh, as a sort of being human kind of thing. You know, the end of you know the the, the lesson at the end of history and all this stuff uh, is the parents are revealed to the child, uh, and the child reaches up, and then there is a shot of Bluey, I think, grabbing uh, his mom her mom's hand. That is a clear homage to like the God and David on the Sistine Chapel, right? Mm. And then, and then, uh, you know, Bluey is pulled to the ancestors and kind of goes to sit on the porch, all right? And because the idea is that she's, she's sort of grown old and died and, and has kind of ascended, you know? And and, uh, and there's just the wonderful line to put the real capper on it, which is where a bandit goes, oh, this is heaven, right? Because huh? <laughs> they're looking out at the at the at the yard from their new porch swing and so there's been this like simultaneous progression of the marriage going from being at risk because they can't put the porch swing together and they're kind of angry at each other to like developing a new form of cooperation um there's even a moment and mark like this is so overthinkable i I, this nothing in bluey could possibly be by accident Entirely, at least, even if it's just through inspiration. So many little purposeful things. There's a moment while the baby is sort of aging through the ecological uh, and sort of life cycle uh, narrative, super narrative that's being played out, while also we're watching the marriage go from a sort of state of separateness to a sort of state of apotheosis, uh, where there's an Allen Wrench (laughs) and – the dad puts the allen wrench into like the uh, they they've been trying to figure out which way to put the the metal the shiny things and it's like oh the shiny things supposed to go up the shiny things not supposed to go down oh we did it wrong we finally got it in the right configuration the uh the the, the dad puts the allen wrench into the socket and the mom like holds his hand and guides the allen wrench into the socket and looks at its <laughs> eyes.
1: <laughs> wow i don't remember that detail Yes, but
0: well, i mean i just watched this this afternoon i I will, so- I will
1: say that that is not the first, that's not the only reference of that sort. Yes. <laughs> the like, that very specifically refers well, to the Bluey, biology, biological mechanics of procreation. In blue,
0: the purpose of sex is procreation, right? Now, it's also about intimacy, but the idea is that they <laughs> had sex to have their kids. But yeah, the idea that like you watch the symbolic consummation of the sort of reunified and refreshed marriage which then ascends up onto the porch <laughs> into the apotheosis while also the parents by building the porch swing are also building the sort of place where the retired person sits you know they're sort of building their own tomb right <laughs> it's like it's like nicolas cage in new orleans making a pyramid right yes. they're sort of like you know, this is Paradise Lost, the unsurpassed and unsurpassable uh, work of literature in English ready language, as, as Rather would say if he were here, peace be upon him, uh, which is like, um, and where to choose their place of rest, right? Hand in hand with wandering steps and slow, uh, uh, through Eden took their solitary way. One of the things that's mentioned at the end of Paradise Lost, when Adam and Eve are cast out of the Garden of Eden, is what they have left. Of, is, is each other they have they have the hands of each other to hold um and they have their own steps which are wandering and slow but they also have they have providence their guide uh and they have a choice of where to die <laughs> like they have a choice of where to take their place of rest they can go anywhere on the earth they're going to die but they can go anywhere on the earth uh, and there's and so there's a there's a beauty in that uh, and that's sort of what's happening with our adam and eve of uh i guess yeah i guess you could say that it's very Meltonic in that the the mom and dad on the porch are sort of a sacred telling of the creation of life where there's, you know, a, a single couple that exists and that is presented with sort of problems and that eventually they sort of get past the problems or uh, and then they kind of have a kid and then sort of create society and. Um, and, but then also, like, there's a scientific explanation, and then there's also the biographical explanation. So these are all sort of different modes of of relation to individuals and storytelling that are all taking place simultaneously. Uh, so yes, over the course in, of six minutes, six
1: just minutes, just six
0: minutes, <laughs> yeah. There's a couple. There's a couple of things I've stood in front of at modern arts museums that could have learned something from Bluey. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if I just took a bunch of floppy disks and threw them on the ground in slow motion? It's like ah, do better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was there any last episode of Bluey you wanted to name check? I mean, you remember that episode?
1: Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, but that's not no nearly that level of detail. Um, I I, I got to go back over here and watch that one. And by the but- way, we'll we'll put a list of all the episodes um, that we that we specifically name checked here. Um, or uh, for you to watch on Disney Plus or your other uh, streaming service yeah. of choice.
0: Black yeah. Pack is a pack of dogs, by the way. Dog is a, a pack is a family of dogs.
1: Mm. Uh, but anyway, it's just, anyway, it's, it's just it's just dogs building furniture, mate.
0: <laughs> just dogs building furniture. That's all it's about. This is dogs and furniture. It's so uh, there's going to be a spinoff that's going to be a, a kind of antiques roadshow for for dogs. That's <laughs> what's so going to happen when Bluey gets a spinoff. But we will have to wait for that because I think we have spent enough of your time and hours. as much as we've enjoyed it we may have to take our way with wandering steps and slow away from talking about bluey for at least a little bit uh and uh and, and thank you thank you for joining us
1: at the overthinking of Podcast. thank you mark yeah thanks for for finally uh, you know uh getting on the blue train and watching this
0: yeah well no this is not one of the shows with the train that's a whole bunch of different shows that's like, nah. the train shows that's a whole other kettle
1: of uh, right but right,
0: yeah. <laughs> there should be a bluey train there probably is a bluey train. At uh, going to be a bluey train in Disney World in like two years, right? Oh, um, I will, but anyway, I I, I'm getting board I'm it. getting distracted from the matter at hand like bandits staring with a thousand yards stare <laughs> into the ocean while talking about a bird with a stick for a head. Visit us at Overthinking It. Come join our Discord. Uh, if you need the Discord, you can get it on the website or you can leave a comment. We'll send you the Discord. Um, you can email us at podcastandoverthinkingit.com. We have some great conversations on the Discord. And we've been talking about how the comments threads have, have really been so difficult to spam police. And the conversations on the Discord have been pretty solid. And it would be great if there are folks who are on the comments... That want to join us on the Discord and haven't, uh, you know, this is this is an opportunity to for the family to get back together at the end of the episode and, and establish some mutual understanding. Um, but yeah, until then, visit uh, us on the web. of thinking it, where uh, we subject popular culture, including talking Australian dogs, to a level of scrutiny.
1: It probably, it probably
0: doesn't doesn't,
1: deserve doesn't.
0: is the most important thing about bluey being australian
1: uh aside from the the, the accents which are uh, charming and whimsical to americans i mean that could be it if that's the best there is um i'll go with it's down under so everything is a topsy-turvy upside down the world in which uh is run by dogs
0: right so it's strange it's stranger things is what you're saying exactly <laughs> yes